Well, today is the optional memorial of the dedication of St. Mary Major, which is uh, one of the um, big important basilicas in Rome. And uh, it's dedicated to Our Lady. And whenever there's a Marian option that comes along, I take advantage of it. Okay, I'm a Marian priest, and uh, I love Our Lady. And I know that if the more that I glorify her, the more successful I am uh, in my priesthood and the more protected I am from evil and from sin. So I always take the advantage to try to, uh, you know, pump up Our Lady. So what's going on here with this feast? The dedication of St. Mary Major. Well, this goes back to the 5th century, very, very ancient times, and it's in the West, at least. It's the oldest church, uh, it's still in existence, okay, that was dedicated to her. There might have been churches before that that were dedicated to Mary. In the, in the, uh, certainly there were in the East. In the West there probably were as well, but it's still in existence, and that's the point. So it's the oldest uh, currently existing church that's dedicated to Mary. And it was dedicated by uh, a pope, I think it was Sixtus III, something like that, um, in the, right after the year 431, because in 431 a very important uh, council took place, the Council of Ephesus. And um, this council, the main, uh, w- was called to solve uh, a controversy in the ancient church. Um, the protagonist in this controversy was Nestorius. He was a bishop of Constantinople and he was putting forth um, uh, unorthodox statements about the relationship between the divine and human natures in Jesus Christ. And uh, actually, that whole issue of the relationship between the divine and human natures of Christ really goes, it's tied very intimately into to Mary. Because we're talking about the Incarnation. So when we're talking about the Incarnation, we're talking about uh, the event that took place in the womb of the Blessed Mother. So the, the, the protagonist in this conflict was St. Cyril, uh, Bishop of Alexandria, and Cyril's theology carried the day. And uh, one of the main points of dispute was over the proper title of Mary. And, and in the Greek, it's Theotokos, which we, we translate as, as God-bearer or mother of God. So Mary's title, mother of God, that was what was at stake in this controversy. And the Council of Ephesus uh, defended this title as, as legitimate and proper to Mary. It had been a title that had already been in use, really, from time immemorial, even as early uh, as the year 431. And um, uh, St. Cyril tells us, uh, we have from some of his writings, that after the Council of Ephesus met and the decision was made, the whole city was rejoicing, and they were all out and torch... torch um, candlelight processions or torchlight processions singing praises to Our Lady. And um, what else can I tie it in here? I'm going to tie in a lot of different threads here. Uh, tomorrow, Dominic, unfortunately, is not with us. He'd know more about this than me. But uh, tomorrow is a commemoration, I think it's the 70, 71st, 71 years since the dropping of the bomb on Hiroshima. And, uh, you know, this was a horrendous event. It took, uh, instantaneously killed 80,000 people. Instantaneously killed 80,000 people. And then in the after effects of it, the tens of thousands of more died. And, um, you know, so it's a time to mourn and to reflect on war and to pray for peace. And uh, Our Lady is, is the Queen of Peace. Um, 
So how can I tie in Our Lady to, to peace? This is the thought that I have in my mind in, in, the, in the book of James. James says this in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, Why is there wars among you, my brethren? Why are, why are there wars? What's the cause of wars? Is it not because your passions are at war within your members? It's a very interesting thing. So we have wars in the external world, okay, in society, in interpersonal relationships and in broader society, because there's a war going on in here. Our passions are at war within us. And we don't have peace here, and that's why we don't have peace uh, between each other and amongst nations and people groups. So that first and fundamental uh, the root of peace is it's got to begin here. In the beginning, there was an original harmony, an original peace within the personality of man. God created man in, in, in perfect harmony and order within himself. His reason was perfectly ordered and in subjection underneath God. And the lower powers of his soul, his passions, emotions, were in perfect harmony with his reason. So there was a nice hierarchical order. But when sin was introduced into human history, man got out from underneath the, the covering of God. And so he had to also suffer the consequences, and that is that his own passions got out from underneath the covering of his reason and began to wage war against his reason and his conscience. So uh, it was it's kind of just that if we're not going to submit to God, then our lower powers of our soul are not going to submit to us. And we do things that we know we shouldn't do. And St. Paul says, I see a, a war, I see a law, um, what he says here, he says, but I see another law at work in my body, warring against the law of my mind and holding me captive to the law of sin. So this is this disharmony that's been introduced into us because of original sin. And uh, after the original sin, there was a prophecy about Mary. God says in Genesis chapter 3 to the devil, he says, I will place enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And he will strike your head and, and uh, he will, uh, you will strike his heel. And that is a, a prophecy about Mary and the incarnation of her son in her womb, Jesus Christ. So we have these, this beautiful you know, iconographic tradition here. We have Mary. She's standing on what? Serpent. Serpent, right? Okay. So she was, because she's the mother of God, she is the Theotokos, uh, God gave her the special privilege of being free from original sin. So she's the one human person uh, ever that was conceived with that perfect harmony in her. She, she never suffered this kind of internal war within her own person. Her lower passions were always in perfect submission to her reason. And um, she was in perfect obedience to God. She had perfect obedience to God. And so she said, may it be done to me according to your word when the angel Gabriel came to her. And it's through her uh, what's called the fiat, her fiat in Latin. It's through her fiat, her yes, her big yes to God <clears throat> that she became the cause of the incarnation. An absolutely unique role in the history of salvation. No one 
can can come even close to claiming that role that she played. And thereby, she overcame the devil. She overthrew that enmity that was introduced into our hearts and into the world through her obedience to God. And uh, she, therefore, is the queen of peace. Peace in her heart first, peace between her and God. And uh, through her obedience to God, through that peaceful and loving relationship and harmonious relationship that she had with God, she brought forth the Savior of the world who overcame the devil and uh, made it so that we no longer have to suffer that internal conflict, so that our passions can be crucified and put to death and mortified so that we can obey the law and we can be holy and we can grow in virtue and we can have at, be at peace in ourselves and be at peace with one another and, and work for peace in the world. So today on, on this special feast day, um, you know, so um, tied to what I was saying in the beginning and, and the general tenor of this feast day is after Mary was declared the mother of God and Council of Ephesus, then to celebrate that, Rome dedicated this church, St. Mary Major, to, to her in honor of her. So the good news from the east resounded all the way to the west, and that church is still with us today, and we, we remember the victory of uh, Mary's peace over the enmity and the war uh, of original sin, of the passions that war within us, and, um, and of uh, the devil.